episode one of Sigmund Wolf Defense Podcast. We have a guest on the show. He's from Nashville, Tennessee. Christian, could you let the listeners know a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So guys, um, congrats on your podcast and thanks for having me. Um, yeah, my name is Kristen and I live in Nashville. I'm the owner of She Shoots Training, which is a defensive handgun training for women. And I'm also a staff trainer at the Glock store based here in Nashville. The topic of the episode today is being the being women as you and Tanya is in the firearm industry. Yeah. So what obstacles did y'all face? What obstacles did y'all have to, you know, overcome? Yeah. Um, Tanya, do you want to go first or do you want me to give it a whirl? Uh, I'll start. Yeah. Okay. So, um, growing up in Chicago, um, in Cape Town, guns were scary. So, you know, my husband has always been into guns and all of that. And like, he's like, you need to learn how to work on them, what they're about. And he was like, guns don't kill people. Stupid guns. Stupid people with guns kill people. Mm-hmm. Like, guns are just not going to pow and shoot you. But, you know, being from where I'm from, it was really scary. So I was like, no, no, I'm okay. And then I had kids. And then it's like a lot of stuff going on in the world. And it's like, my husband is not going to be able to take me everywhere and do everything with me and the boys. I will have to protect myself if need be and protect the kids. So um, we trained. We went to get our concealed to carry um, license and things. And, you know, I got more familiar with um, being a responsible gun, gun owner and just all the basic things. And then I'm here. Like, I love guns. Just, I like to take all my husband guns, but I love guns. Yeah, I've seen <laughs> constantly yeah. taking mine. Well, I, I like that one. Like, I like this one. Yeah, I love the way you smile so big when you're like, I love guns. <laughs> 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 I know. So fun fact, I actually um, went to, well, I finished high school just outside of Chicago and my nieces are still um, in the West suburbs. So um so we're, we're kind of kind of family. Uh, so as far as being a female in the industry as an instructor, I think there are a couple, you know, major challenges that I think of, and they're on opposite sides of the spectrum. One is just being taken seriously by other people in the industry as like, oh, like the question that people always ask, and I'm sure you get this too, Tanya, is so were you in the military? <laughs> That's people always assume that like a woman teaching firearms has a military or law enforcement background. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm a civilian training civilians. And so with a lot of the, the, the men in the industry, like they immediately go, oh, it's just a girl with a gun, you know? So there's been that to overcome. And then I think on the flip side of it is, you know, talking with clients. And uh, for me, I set my business model up to where I'm specifically marketing to women. And my goal is to train other women who may be intimidated by those guys. They're like, dude, were you in the military? You know, but it's on that side of it is really just building credibility, you know, and that, that can be tricky to do. Um, I feel very fortunate that I have amazing clients and have built up just, you know, I feel really, really fortunate, a very busy business. Uh, but that was kind of the first hurdle was as a new instructor with no military or law enforcement background, how do I convince people that they can come and learn to shoot guns from me? Like, what do I have to offer? Right. So when I was first starting out, that was kind of the biggest challenge on, on that side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And that's same here. Um, 
went to the range this past weekend, and the first the first thing the guy still be sending the firearms out, getting ready to you know load up, and he's like, "Oh, you guys in shooting competition?" We like, "Uh, no." Like, I was like, oh, "No, you know, I we have our own company." And he's like, "Oh, okay," and he blew us off. But his girlfriend was looking like, "Okay, they got like a lot of guns on." <laughs> so, so I I explained. Well, I think you did you I tell did. Them? I gave I, yeah. Because I saw the way that they were handling their firearms. Yeah. Even if you're on the range and you're in your little booth by yourself, I'm like, okay, I think we should give them one of our cards. Mm-hmm. And so I passed it to the female and she looked at it. She was like, thank you. I'm like, yeah, so yeah. if you guys want to learn how to, you know, properly, you know, shoot your firearm and handle your firearm, no matter if you're on the range or not. You know, just give us a call and um, book our class. But um, based off what you had said, too, about, like, starting your company, people taking you serious, um, we get that a lot, especially, like, you know, me being a woman. Like, what you know about firearms? What you know? Where you from? What you do? Mm-hmm. I'm teach first grade. Uh, can you teach about firearms? Yes, I can do both. I don't have to just, not to be from the military. I don't have to have um, police background, none of that, like. This is something that I'm passionate about. I think that, like you say, everyone um, should bear arms if they, they want to, if they choose to, if they want to be safe, especially like with females, because, you know, people are more intimidated with males than females. So mm-hmm. trying to get all the females to be like comfortable with firearms and just being safe. And it's like not a bad thing. So I get where you're coming from. It's hard. Yeah, it can be, right? Especially when. I had a client a couple of weeks ago before we went into shoot, it was a husband and wife do. And the wife was just thrilled to have, you know, a female instructor there with them. And the husband was like, so what qualifies you to do this? I was like, um, well, first of all, um, I've dedicated the better portion full time of the last two and a half years to doing nothing but this, aside from the fact that like, I've been shooting since I was little, but I started shooting handguns 15 years ago. You know, and I said, but I've invested a lot of my time and a lot of my resources into the best trainers in the country to, to work with for myself as an instructor and as a shooter. And he was like, well, okay, so you don't have like military or like police or I'm like, no, I'm like, is that okay? And he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, it's okay. And I'm like, okay. So they were in for their second lesson today. They'd been in two weeks ago and they'd scheduled this next time. And you know, like once you start working with them and showing like, Hey, there's like an actual science to how to do this. Well, then their brain's just like, you know, like, Oh, this like girl knows what she's talking about. So I really often feel that sense of like having to prove myself, especially with the men, the men, men that I teach, the women are just super stoked that there's another woman they can work with who isn't also just like, like, let's be honest, like a sum of many of, at least in this market, that women who are teaching are actually more like dudes anyway. They're just like, you know, they are law enforcement and military backgrounds. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm a mom. Like I like lip gloss and I know, right. Like doing my hair, like, but also like shooting guns. Hey, you know? And so I think a lot of women like shooting with it. Like, I love that you're like, I'm a first grade teacher. Like what's more relatable to another woman than like, Oh, I'm a teacher. I work with, like, I'm a human being. I'm not just like, you know, like GI Jane up in here. Exactly. And that's yeah. the whole thing. A lot of people think, well, a lot of shooters, believe it or not, like when we go to the range, my wife outshoots most of the guys. 
And I'm like, he's a female. And then my cousin always say, oh, we, I, I, I'll shoot you. I'm like, I ain't outshoot my wife yet. So he's not <laughs> even here yet. <laughs> so that's how I, 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 I deviate that. Even when we took our CCL and it was like a handful, you know, of guys, but it was mostly, you know, guys there. But the lady did better than, you know, the males in, in the class. But by me having, you know, experience with firearms and everything, like, he's like, anyone besides him answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> and then they looked at him like, and you can't help your wife. So. <laughs> so do you guys see this a lot too? I see this trend and other people I talk to see this too, is that like, if there's a couple that comes in, the woman usually shoots better. And I think it has to do with like, we tend to go, okay, this isn't, this isn't a world that I don't necessarily feel like typically like I'm in. So women tend to put the ego aside a whole lot more than men and really listen and do what they're being told where men are, men have, and you know, shame, shame on culture for doing this, but men try or the culture tries to make men feel like you should automatically know how to do this and how to do it. Right. So then they walk in, like, if they don't know what they're doing, like they have, they feel like they have to act like they know what they're doing. It's crazy. Yeah. That's what our instructor said. It was like, so they kept telling him, like, man, your wife is doing amazing. Oh, man, she's going to be good like that. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm paying attention. And like, this is all new. So I want to make sure I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Versus like the males are like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do, I got this. And it's like, no, you need to learn and listen. Yeah. So like a thing that I've adopted in my teaching, uh, particularly when I'm working with men and especially when I'm working with men who come in with, you know, a fair amount of experience or at least want to tell me like, yeah, like I was in the military or I was this or I shoot this and I do this all the time. I always say to them, I'm like, okay, that's cool. Like, I love that. I love you have all that experience, but just like starting out here because I've never shot with you before. Everyone knew that comes into the range with me. I treat like a five-year-old with a gun until I learn that I can treat you differently until you earn that trust. And I find that that sometimes takes the, especially the male clients I get, and it really takes and puts them back like, Oh, it's okay for me now to not have to be John wick. Right. I can just be a person in here trying to learn. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you're a five-year-old with a gun until you can prove to me that I can trust you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I know when we was down in Nashville, um, back in May, first thing she said, look like a badass i'm like yeah <laughs> is that what you said about like me when i'm yeah i was like do i look like that when i'm carrying yeah <laughs> you do <laughs> oh you can make me blush oh that's so sweet that was such a cool event um and that one you know i was on with um uh big dre i was on his podcast in uh J- june and we were talking about that and he had some like surprise guests pop on and you know, to me, the thing about that event was, I mean, there were like a couple hundred people there. It was, it was intense. Right. And like being in charge of the range safety and the line and the team of safeties, like I very definitely felt going into that event, like, okay, like how do I get all of these people who are bringing lots and lots of guns whom I've never shot with before. And I have no idea what kind of safety protocols or gun handling skills anyone here has. And how do I get them to respect me without being just a complete witch? Like, how do I do this? But it worked out really well. And it was such a cool group. And like, everybody was really awesome. Like, I, I'm looking forward to hoping that they do it again, because it was an awesome group. And all of you were 
like so nice and like your gun handling was great. Everybody was really respectful. And then that went really smooth, but, um, you know, like I didn't let it show, I, I hope, but I definitely had some jitters like, okay, like how do I command respect of these people? You know, these hundred, yeah. couple hundred people. Yeah, that, <laughs> like, that, that, that was a- the main thing. But it was just a look. They was like, oh, we're not going to try her. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> good. Like, yeah, that's how, like, that's the first thing when we was on the way back. She was like, man, she like a dead ass. Like, oh, I'm like, yeah, Laura Croft. And then we, <laughs> we cracked jokes. And then she was like, Angelique Jolie, Mrs. Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So we was laughing, cracking jokes about that. And then another thing that brought, you know, light to me getting more training when you act. Do anyone have, you know, training, per se, trauma training? No one did. I was like, okay, this is it's, going to get crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so. think that, yeah, I think that's like such an overlooked part of not just for instructors, but for people carrying. And I, like we're hosting at the Glock store next weekend, we're hosting a TECC, a two-day medical training. That's a very intense medical training. Um, it's definitely not for like the average citizen. It's like a pretty intense deal. And the big thing is like, people want to carry the gun, but they don't want to carry, like, you might need to solve a different problem, which is like, what if, what if you get shot in the gunfight? Like now what are you going to do? Right? Like you have to have a solution to that problem because it doesn't matter if you win the gunfight, if you like bleed out on the ground right there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it just. That's that's real talk. Also, so funny. You said Laura Croft. You are the second person today to like <laughs> make that analogy of me to Laura Croft. Like my best friend said that day, and no one's ever said it before. But like today, it's like two people are like, "Oh, Laura Croft." I'm like, "Okay, this might oh. be my my Halloween persona now." <laughs> oh, sweet. And then even like just that event alone, it opened my eyes up to like a lot. Even going in the back, walking, I'm like, "No, oh, I was so." Like as we young people called it, fanned out, geeked out. Like I was so fanned out. Like I got the video. I'm cheesing, look like my eight year old son, ear to ear. Like oh, we real live in the Glock store. And then for me to meet Lenny, I'm I'm hearing his voice. I'm standing there. I'm like, nah, maybe I'm looking. I'm thinking about a video or something. And then all of a sudden, he right there in my face in the truck. I'm like, yo, like oh, I'm hearing your voice, but I, I just couldn't figure out where he was at. But that whole event shout out to rgg like he did that like i we took that seven hours right <laughs> seven hours <laughs> seven hours drive yeah. but yeah it was a good one so yeah far as, i know as far as like um when you go into your training scenario situation i know you a lot of guys probably look like oh it's, it's a lady instructor female instructor how do you like Besides, like, not being, like, coming off as, you know, I'm this, I'm that. Because, you know, it, it, they be like, oh, it's, like, sexist or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. But we, I even get that a lot. Like, oh, you are law enforcement, military. It really don't even matter. I think anyone that's in that field that don't associate with the military or law enforcement, you want to get that question. And then the other question is, is, like, oh, have you shot someone yet? Had you drawn your weapon yet? Like, um, I didn't get my TCL to draw and pull my weapon. Only time this is going to get shown is if I'm loading and I'm at the range or I want someone to perish. And I, I, I teach that in, in, in the class 
all the time. Like, it's not a show and tell. And it just, it's not, oh, I got this. This is why I'm carrying. And if someone comes up to you and asks, like, oh, what you carrying today? I wouldn't tell them. Like, figure it out. <laughs> you know, because mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's more like you, you dropping the ball on something that you shouldn't. And yeah. I, I see it a lot. Like, I've been in in parking lots and I see a group of guys they talking and one guy lifts up his shirt showing showing it off I'm like um that's rule number one I don't know yeah rule number one is if you have a gun carry it have it on you and rule number two is don't touch your gun like, yeah. just leave it alone right like that's your secret weapon it's like nobody needs to know I get that and you might too Tanya is because you know for women because we have so many wardrobe options I carry in a lot of um you know like secondary sorts of methods like ankle carry or even thigh holster. Um, I carry a lot of different ways depending on my wardrobe and I will legitimately have people who know what I do, or if I'm teaching a class and I'm like dressed up, I'll, you know, have like maybe like some, and I love that bell bottoms are in right now. Cause I can like ankle carry all day long and no one knows what's up. And I'm like, yeah, I still look cute. Um, but I'll have people for real, just be like, okay, so where are you carrying? And I'm like, that's none of your business. Right. Yeah. That's the whole thing. I say this in, in class and I get on her sometimes. Don't put your firearm in your purse, lady. No. Don't. Don't. Because if, uh, if someone snaps the big, bye-bye. And I'm not chasing no one. <laughs> you know, I so I talk about this a lot because uh, a lot of women, well, there's there's like many components to, to concealed carry for women. And I think uh, one of them is simply just the ability to hide something on your body that's basically a square shape when our bodies are round shape we have like curves and round parts so trying to do that you know square shape on a round shape is hard um the other part of it is and, and a lot of men don't think about this is that like women have nine body shapes when it comes to concealed carry and women or men have three right like men are like like square rectangle or santa claus that's like it <laughs> you know women we have like hair shape, we have hourglass, you have like, you know, high-waisted, like short-waisted, you have not, there are nine shapes for women when it comes to concealed carry. And then we have like our fashion choices. So even just if we're wearing jeans, like Tanya and I might wear a different rise of jean, which means we have to wear a different gun. Because if I have like a low rise jean, I'm not going to be throwing a Glock 19 in there because we're going to get gun dick, right? Like that's yeah. like, no. And then there's also the idea of like the, just the carry industry in general, caters to men with a belt and pants. And um, I'm a big fan of the Filster Enigma holster. And John and Sarah Hopman have like revolutionized concealed carry by creating this. Um, it's basically a carry chassis that a holster attaches to, and it's all separate from clothing. So you don't need pants or a belt anymore because at the end of the day, one thing they said that John said this one time, and I was just like, that's brilliant. He's like, so why do we attach our holster to our pants? And we were all kind of like, I mean... And he's like, the answer is because it's there. Like, that's why. And that's the way it's been because concealed carry and holsters were created for men and male wardrobes. But I don't know about you, Tanya, but like, if I'm wearing a belt, it's because it's cute. It's not because it's holding my pants up. Exactly. So, and that's an outfit. <laughs> right. It's, it's a fashion accessory. Right. And so, like, if I'm not always wearing a belt and, and women, we're always trying to minimize more bumps and more lumps and more things on our bodies. So the last thing we want is to wear like bulky pants and a bulky like tactical belt just so we have something to put a holster on. 
So there's a lot of, you know, then there's this whole industry that's risen out of that, which is the concealed carry purse. Yeah. There are maybe two times in the past 18 months that I've actually carried in a purse. And it was a very deliberate, thought out, agonizing decision that I made, but I really had no other option. So I did that. But even aside from like your purse getting snatched or something like that is like, what about like access to your, your gun? Like if you are, if you fall over because you have like some kind of a pre-assault kind of thing happening. And then like, then the, the not pre-assault, but like some kind of a physical assault happens, you get knocked to the ground. How are you going to access your gun? That's in your bag over there. If my gun's not on my person, I don't have access to it all the time. And And then there's just like the whole idea of when women put a gun in their purse, they're often not buying a concealed carry purse anyway. They're just putting it in maybe like it, you know, like uncle Mike's yeah. and throwing it in the purse. I'm like, you're going to shoot yourself. Like, cause I don't like, you know, purses get so cluttered and stuff gets in there. And then it's the other thing is like, are you going to the range and practicing? How do you draw out of this? How do you draw from your purse? Like, how do you safely get on target without muzzling yourself? And like the whole downrange problem, like, how do you address all of these things when you're drawing from a purse? There's so many considerations in there that, you know, it is sort of like shame on the concealed carry purse industry. And there's a lot of companies trying to do better at that, but there's not a lot of education around. It's just kind of like buy the concealed carry purse, put a gun in there. You're safe. It's like, no, it's the, it's practice. Yeah. Which is no different than saying like, I bought a gun. I did the carry class, have my permit. Now I know how to defend my life. No, you just started your journey. Like, you know, yeah. Yeah. That's another thing. Um, here we in Illinois, it's so hard to find the range that you to actually draw from your holster, you to actually um uh, draw from your purse, you know, things in that nature. Is like even when I'm online and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, let me look. I look like, oh snap, that's in Utah. That's in Colorado, that's in Tennessee, that's in Georgia. Like it's nothing literally here in Illinois that I can find. Um it's a through outdoor ranges, but you have to be minimal. But it's like, uh, like, could an average person cough up, you know, thousands of dollars or a year plus ammo plus, oh, well, this holster don't fit. I, 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 I'm, this holster don't work. Like, I'm a, a advocate of holsters. Like, I got so many things like, don't like that one. Don't like this one. Don't like that one. Got to send it back. Got to get another one. And, mm-hmm. It's, it's certain states and depends on county here in Illinois. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> like, we so restricted. Like, so we, like, if, even if we did want to do that, I think it's like one range and it's only one day a week and it's a Tuesday. Um, got guns here. You got to take their safety course, even though you got your CCL and everything, but you still have to take their course and then you're able to, you know, draw from holsters on holster night. So it's not a big thing here yet, like, yeah. as far as, you know, getting practice on drawing, even, like, in the class. Like, I, when we teach in the class, whatever, we have, you know, the prop gun. And I sit holsters out there for a reason. Like, we have them lined up, and no one touch them. No one wants to, like, oh, okay. They just look at it like, oh, for decoration. No, I, I literally have to tell the students, like, grab a holster, put it on your person. I mean, now you, got, you don't have a real firearm yet, but you got to get mm-hmm. comfortable of like how you're going to carry, how you consider 
did you even put a thought in like, oh, I'm gonna carry in my purse, I'm gonna carry appendix, I'm gonna carry four o'clock, three o'clock, and I'm not a fan of most of the carry positions due to certain like how you said you getting attacked and or if it did, you you carry six o'clock, you know, four four in the middle of the deck and you get pushed over. Uh, yeah. Even landing on it and having to draw from it, you know, on from your back. It's like you gotta push the guy off or the the perk, the offender yeah. off just to get and then you still gotta present to get an accurate shot off. It, it's just so yeah. much that goes into that. And that's assuming that your spine didn't break when you fell on yeah. your gun. <laughs> like that's just altogether a bad position for carrying. Um, the blue guns are great for training. And this is another reason why, and I will like always be a broken record about this. Filster's Enigma holster is great for everybody um, because it's very customizable and it just, it's separate from wardrobe. It's separate from everything. And it really is like, you can set it up to yourself and it has for most of my clients solved the rubber made of dead holsters, <laughs> you know, like, and you know what I'm talking about? Like I still like Tanya's like, yeah. Oh yeah. It's like all of us have that, right? Like this rubber made full of holsters that we tried and didn't work. We throw them it's where holsters go to die, you know, but the, the Enigma has like solved this issue for my clients. Like they get the Enigma and they're like happy. They're like, this is great. It works for them. They're good to go. But you know, Tennessee, we have even here, where it's permitless carry in Tennessee. Like, so we are like polar opposites from the Illinois situation. And I coach a lot of my clients about this because we are so close to Illinois that for a lot of my clients driving on vacation or to visit family members, they have to go through Illinois. And I'm always like, so here's the deal. I'm like, you can go on like the US um, CCA website and on their map of like reciprocity. And I'm like, but here's the deal. I'm like, Illinois is basically like, leave your guns at home. Like, yeah like they, they like, hate guns it's like even, hard yeah even our laws is kind of like bizarre like contradict itself like okay i'm a ccr i i have a foid but just say like if i see some ammunition or magazines on sale from out of state that me living in a certain county certain city in illinois i can't i can't get it shipped to my home but i have to go to the store and purchase the same amount and everything, the same magazine capacity with no problem. So it's so like, weird. Uh, yeah, it's so weird. The laws here is just it's it's, it's crazy. And yeah. you look at especially we look at certain states and he's like, man, Georgia looking like it's the place to be. Texas look like it's the place to be. Tennessee, Tennessee. like it's yeah, <laughs> it <looks> so like <laughs> it, it's the state to be. And um, it's crazy. Even our laws, it like I say, it's it's. Is real bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's an interesting conversation. And I have this um, conversation with my clients a lot about, you know, where do you, where does the right to carry a firearm come from? And most people say, like, oh, the Second Amendment, or, you know, it's like, it's like, no, it really doesn't because it, it is a God given right. Like, it's a birthright to do, be able to defend your life. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I don't need the second amendment to tell me that I have the right to defend my life if it's threatened and I am in danger of death. Like, that is, like innate to human beings. Like it's innate, like in the wild, right? Like yeah. lions don't just go, oh, I'm not allowed to like attack this big lion that's attacking me and going for my jugular. It's like, no, like it's all out. Like it is an innate human instinct, it's innate living instinct to protect your life when attacked. And I think that that gets, you know, people get really turned around with like, well, the second amendment gives us that right. And like, no, the second amendment actually doesn't give you that right. Like that's a very confusing thing. 
because people think like we derive the right to protect our lives from the second amendment but we don't right and i get real sideways about that i'm like you know like okay second amendment's cool and all that but honestly like our right to self-determination like predates any form of government ever (laughs) yeah and that's the thing like the government making it more of a privilege Mm-hmm. and a right like it's a driver license like and that's how i feel like the state of illinois treats our ccl like it's it's a driver license like it's not so much of like oh okay because the criminal is still going to get their hands on the gun mm-hmm. you know the people who actually want to do malicious intent still going to get the firearm whether it's legal or illegal but it's like the laws here to me is like it targets the law battered citizens someone like me someone like my wife someone like anyone that goes to the 16 hour class, it's, it's kind of bizarre. So that was the whole thing here. Like, that's how I feel with our CCL. You get treated more like, oh, it's a state ID driver license. Yeah, it, it is such a weird thing. And I, I think, it's not, and not just in Illinois, but particularly more pronounced there just because you guys' laws are so hard to navigate. But there is this sense of like, lawful gun owners are the bad guys. Yeah. It's like, I'm sorry, but I'm not sure when criminals got more rights than me. Like, you know, the, the mall shooting, you know, a couple months ago, the Eli Dickens, right? Because it's yeah. like, there were, I, the, the memes went around about this and RGG actually, I think, posted like quite a bit about this back then. And, but really the idea is that like, there were two people in that mall that day who were not supposed to have guns, right? But if it hadn't been for the law-abiding citizen with the gun, like who knows how many other people would have been killed. It's, I, it's like, I'm sure you guys feel this way because you have like for sure a different different climate in which you're operating and your conversations are far cry different than the ones I'm having here. But like, how do you convince someone that, a, that criminals don't follow the law and they're going to have guns in places where they're not supposed to? You know, that, that's like, to me, it's like, this is a no brainer. Like how, do, why do I have to explain this to you? Like criminals don't yeah. care about the law. That's, that's the whole thing here. Um, well, with throughout the states and other, you know, countries, they still having the problems with like, like some countries you can't have them at all. Like Japan, I think Canada, you can't even own the fire. Australia. Yeah. So when you look at those countries, they always like, look at stupid Americans, you know, like look at the Americans. It's like, so our forefathers brought that into play because what happened in the past and they didn't want history repeats itself. Yeah. So it's not opposed to like, oh, I'm American not to carry. It's more like, okay, I, w- I need something to protect myself, my loved one, opposed to me down in number one. Just, I'm gonna give you a scenario. It's, it's a um, video that we play in the, in, in the class. Um, the guy is on the phone, a break-in. Um, the perk is downstairs somewhere in the house. He, he runs to his room. The operator telling them to barricade himself in, in the, the room, closet. in the closet. In the closet. Say, where are you? Are you somewhere safe? Stay in the closet. The police is yeah. on his way. He was like, I don't hear any signs. I don't hear anything. While two people armed in his house yeah. trying to rob him. And if they would have saw him, they would have killed him. Period. Yeah. And so he took a perp down. And she's like, did you just, I think, kill somebody or shoot somebody or something like that? And he, he was coming at me. He was coming at me. He had the right to do what he yeah. had to do to protect himself. Mm-hmm. One of the perks in a um, yeah, uh, running away. out, and then she told him, "Oh, can you walk through the house? Walk out the side door. 
I let the police know that's where you're going to be. Yeah. So you want me to walk through a house where I don't even know for sure if the second purse has left. Yeah. No. No. They come find it's me. like they want us to protect the the life and sovereignty of the criminal like don't shoot yeah. that bad guy but like also yeah. you might get shot and that's okay it's like i'm sorry no like i'm just minding my own business yeah. at home so we yeah. have in tennessee castle doctrine um and our castle doctrine here extends to your car too which is like you don't have to have well and before so we went permitless carry in january of last year but even prior to that um we had castle doctrine, which here says that, uh, you know, like you have the right to be safe and comfortable in your own home and you're in a, your king in your castle kind of thing. And it extends to your vehicle, which is to say that even without a permit prior to when we, you know, went permitless, um, any Tennessean or person in Tennessee could have a gun in their home or in their car. And it's not illegal. Like you, they, they recognize like, Hey, you have the right to be safe at home. Right. You know, and like, then there are crazy things like in California where they do the, like, you have to fire a warning shot first. So people like shoot the bad guy and then shire, fire a second time to be like, yeah, I fired the first time and it didn't work. It's like that. No, that's stupid. Like you step into my house, you, you definitely mean harm. Like, I'm not going to stand there and ask you like, excuse me, kind sir. Why did you just walk in my front door without knocking? Like, why did you beat my door down with that knife in your hand? I, like, are we like, would you like some dinner? Would you like me to fix you a plate to go? It's like, no, a person coming into your home has really bad intentions and violent crime proves that like, if somebody gets in your house and shit happens to you, like, yeah. I'm going to solve that problem real quick. Yeah. And most states even have a, a law in place. You got to retreat, right? A lot at of states that have point, a duty to retreat. Yeah. Yeah. Like at that point, it's like, it's almost like even when we taking out TCL, like the instructor was like, and I, I, I use this, this model too, like. I can't tell you if they haven't signed up not to carry or to carry. That's something that you have to, you know, face the fact. Like, okay, that's because the sign up is policy. It's not law. You know, policy don't overwrite law, but that's something that if it was me, I can deal and I can live with, okay, Yes, I, I shouldn't been carrying, but also I can live with the fact that my family's still alive, I'm still alive, and even though I got to do jail time, I'm, I'm okay with that, but mm -hmm. I can't make that decision for my students, I can't make that decision for my wife, and I, I, let, I let them know that, like, when I'm, I'm like, that's me, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so that's something that you got to weigh, that person got to weigh for themselves, opposed to Oh, well, the instructor said this. No, 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 no. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's a weird thing as an instructor, too. It's like the liability you take on for the things that you teach your students, right? Like if I say to my yeah. students, hey, I carry in non-permissive environments and you should, too. Yeah. Like now, like when, when that person ends up at a mall that has posted no firearms and then there's a shooting and they're like, oh, yeah, I take lessons. Who do you learn with? Oh, well, Kristen, is she shoots? Okay, what, is she, what did she teach you? Well, she told me that she carries where she's not supposed to and that I should too. And yeah. like now all of a sudden my ass is on the line. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and so then, it's like, it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a dance, but I'm with you. Like, you know, again, Eli Dickin, like he wasn't supposed to have a gun there. Neither was the bad guy, but like, is anybody pressing charges against him for saving the lives of like 50, 60, 70, who knows how many people? That situation. I would rather have mine than not to have it. Mm -hmm. And that's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, I feel the same. It's interesting because in Tennessee, we do have a law where if a business has posted no firearms allowed or gun-free zone or whatever, um, it is actually supported by the law. 
if it has the Tennessee, like the code, it'll say like TCA, Tennessee code annotated, and then cites the section of state code that, you know, uh, that cites the gun laws. So here a place can post no guns and is technically supported by the law as long as the sign is a specific certain way. And it has to be very visibly oh, wow. posted. It has to be like out front, visible. Um, but outside of that, you know, like Tennessee still is very gun friendly. It really oh, yeah. is. Um, yeah, that out. <laughs> yeah, you're like, wait, yeah. we can take our gun in a bar? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even in Vegas, I think they just changed their laws you to have your firearm in the casino. Wow. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's, it's the casino. But, wow. I'm gonna look that yeah. up. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back to Bugsy oh. Malone days. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. And then we have a section of the show things about Christian that you want the listeners to. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> there's so many things. Uh, actually, it's funny because on my Instagram, I've started doing Friday Five, which is like five things about me that have nothing to do with guns, just like to get, you know, people to get to know you because. I find that that helps like humanize me, you know, that like then other ladies are like, oh, you're just a regular yeah. human. Like you're not just this one dimensional Lara Croft, right? You're like an actual human being <laughs> that I can relate to. Like, that's a cool thing. So this is always fun. Okay. So three things about me. Oh my gosh. Um, I used to be a professional hula hooper. Okay. Oh, I love hula hooping. You do? Oh my gosh. Well, then you should go look at uh, Friday Five from a couple of weeks ago because I posted a video. Um, I also hula hoop with fire. So you would love that video. This is my fire hooping. Okay, so I used to be a professional hula hooper. Oh, okay, here's another fun one. Um, I actually went to school to be an opera singer. So that's actually what I'm trained to do is to be an opera singer. <laughs> I think um, I'm an opera singer. You're what? I say I think I'm an opera singer. Uh, my students laugh because I have to like teach them words and using the opera voice. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, look, we're basically the same human. It's great. Uh, okay, and a third thing about me. Um, um, blah, 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 blah. Oh, gosh, I don't know. There's so many things. Mm. I was born and raised in the ice cream capital of the world. That's a fun one. There you so, go. So I love me some ice cream. <laughs> so where can they find you on social media? Yeah, so I have Facebook and Instagram, uh, She Shoots Training. And then my website is sheshootstraining.com. Um, and then, of course, like I said, I'm a staff trainer at the Glock store as well. Um, our range there is Shoot270, so shoot270.com. That, and that's also where um, my, my She Shoots clients I train at. They're so great. They let me teach my clients out of the range there as well um, as being a staff trainer there. So she shoots training on Instagram and Facebook and uh, then the shoot 270 uh, at Glock store.